the People Innovation Podcast, the conversation about innovation, culture and leadership. Hello and welcome to the People Innovation Podcast with me, Joe Nagel, Innovation Director at the Innovation Beehive. Today I'm joined by Nick Walden, who leads the Procurement Advisory Membership Programmes for the UK for the Hackett Group. So Nick, what does the Hackett Group do for procurement teams in the UK? So uh, the Hackett Group, we're a strategic advisory consulting firm, um, and within our um, advisory membership programs, we do a lot of research, right? So we run our own uh, surveys and studies, we collect those fact-based insights, analyze them, and we work with our clients. So primarily that's the the leadership teams, the procurement leadership teams for these large and multinational uh, procurement organizations. Uh, Typically the very large ones, right? So the Fujitsu's, the BP's, the Jaguar Land Rovers, the Shell's, um, uh, and you know, globally, uh, there's probably about 300 different clients that we work with. So uh, it's very exciting. So, I mean, I'm no expert on procurement, but I imagine for a large multinational corporation, procurement is a fairly complex field. Yes, it is. Thank you for uh, mentioning that. Uh, it's it's a rapidly changing field. It's one of core business areas that is undergoing a lot of change in terms of um, expectations from the business, what they're asking for us. So one of the common conversations we have is, you know, what's our role, what's our mandate? We're focusing on savings or, or broader strategic value. Technology is also driving a lot of change and we're being asked to, you know, not just source things anymore, but manage supply relationships. And that's when the topic like innovation and collaborating with suppliers comes in. It's a very, very uh, popular and important topic. It's interesting to hear you say, you know, the 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 traditional um, drivers of change, which are cost saving or generating new value. But you also mentioned technology in and of itself being a driver of change, which I think is something that is emerging in a lot of sectors at the moment. Um, but before we get into that, and I'm sure we'll we'll delve into that more throughout the podcast, Nick. For people listening, it's always nice to hear the human story. So, so what got you to where you are today? Myself, I'm originally from New Zealand. Uh, I actually grew up in the UK uh, from from my. Uh, junior years, moved, moved out to, to New Zealand with the family, came back. I've been back here in the UK from about uh, 99 onwards, so going on 20 years here in the in the UK. But um, you know, earlier in my career, I worked in strategic finance for the large corporates. I worked in uh, procurement for large corporates, moved into consulting, um, and then uh, as, as part of that, working, working with the Hackett Group, been there for, uh, it seems a little while, about 11 years now. Uh, then moved into into this new role, which is around working with the leadership teams and uh, working on our, our, our research, uh, doing a bit of uh, call it innovation scouting as well. So what are the new vendors out there? What's going on in terms of the new topics? And, and that's what brought me to to the Beehive originally. Well, well, that's great, Nick. And thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. You know, you bring your years of experience in the in the corporate side and you also bring the the knowledge that you've managed to gather at the Hackett Group. So, so thank you. I mentioned just now that I'm not necessarily an expert on procurement and I'm not sure that within a sort of 20 to 25 minute podcast you're going to make me an expert on procurement that's why you're here um, but for the lay people amongst us and I certainly count myself as one could you give us a tip or two uh, a sort of top line overview on what procurement is um, and what value you see it bringing to businesses both large and small sure sure I mean really procurement uh, in its simplest form is about creating competitive advantage for the business for the organization we do that by working with suppliers in the supply base right and uh, what I find is that it does mean different things to different people so from a procurement perspective we talk about sourcing that supplier in terms of deciding who we want to run a competition with and then contracting them 
and then making sure that they deliver on their obligations. Uh, other folks will look at it as more sort of the operational purchasing and the buying side, and, 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 and that's part of it. But, it. but in its nutshell, it is about creating competitive advantage, so real business value for the organization. So that's when you get into topics around uh, cost reduction, uh, conversations around price, hard bargaining, right? We have a, a reputation there. Uh, but much more recently, uh, I'd say, you know, it first started at least, you know, 20 years ago, but it's been through a number of um, evolutions, revolutions, and certainly it's a very popular topic today. We, we get to work on new areas, so managing contracts, managing supplier performance, uh, managing supply risk, collaborating with suppliers, and also innovation right and innovation means different things to different people as well so yeah yeah we'll definitely get onto that in a moment on on the procurement side i mean yeah as you say the, there's a bit of a reputation perhaps for procurement teams in well outside of the procurement sector you mentioned price a couple of times there do, do you also manage quality assurance and things like that is that is that a big part of your of the procurement team's role absolutely so if you're working for a manufacturing organization then um, price cost probably a secondary consideration is absolutely all about quality, managing risk from a regulatory perspective, protecting the brand and, and, and so on. You're, you're absolutely right. So that's a, that's a good one to pick me up on as well. All right. Well, thank you. I, I'm, I'm so, far be it from me to pick you up on anything, Nick. <laughs> I guess another question just around procurement before we get into how innovation and procurement have an interplay. A lot of sort of central functions have multiple stakeholders. So, you know, I work a lot with HR teams who will talk about the employees. They'll talk about the senior leaders, but they're also increasingly talking about customers, the, the, the end customer of, of the organization. Is, is procurement in a similar situation? How, how does that work? How do you see your sort of stakeholder map, if you like? We have a similar conversation in, in within procurement with the, with the procurement teams, right? We do talk about uh, the customer. For us, it's the internal customer. Um, stakeholders would be um, uh, the, the budget holders or key decision makers in the business. It might just be the end users, the shoppers as well. So again thinking about where traditionally we would have been with a procurement function we would have just been focused more on our own activities talking about our own language sourcing contracting but really for us to play this more strategic role to move into creating true business value strengthening or creating even and then strengthening those relationships with the business uh, with uh, with our stakeholders is absolutely critical um, and you know the best organizations the best teams have a systematic approach to how they go about that so you know building the stakeholder map maintaining contact assigning responsibilities for who's going to talk to to who and so on um, communicating key messages but also working on skills to help us with that right so again traditionally the skill set that we've hired people in for a procurement has been to bargain competitively with suppliers some tough conversations but it's a very different conversation if you're trying to open doors, build, strengthen relationships with stakeholders. It's much more all about your stakeholder skills, right? Being able to uh, have a conversation with them to demonstrate your knowledge, your expertise, build that relationship, um, understand what's important to them, and then start to mirror their language back to them. Uh, and it is a challenge. So uh, many teams that are working with are continuing to work on that. And so it's, it's another great topic to talk about. So increasingly then uh, you have a procurement team that almost needs multifaceted um, approach 
looking outward, looking inward, looking across functions. To me, that very much sounds like uh, an innovation team or the best HR teams that I've worked with. There's real synergies here, I think. We actually met at the launch of the Innovation Ecosystem book, um, How to Turbocharge Innovation in Your Business. Uh, I'll make sure there's a link uh, to the book on Amazon in the show notes. Um, so, Nick, you came along to that event and uh, it was um, it was great to meet you there. But why do you think innovation is important to procurement? Innovation is important to procurement because of exactly the topic we've just been talking about. Right, We have been talking about our internal stakeholders, um, key decision makers in the business. It's it's for many organizations, not all, but for, for many, they are absolutely asking us to help them in these areas, right? To help us bring innovation in from um, the supply base, the external uh, market, that ecosystem of partners and so on. We can do that in different ways, right? You know, bring in bring in the innovation to, to create value in terms of enhancing our existing products or develop uh, products or, you know, to expand new into new markets and, and develop new partnerships and so on. Um, so... Our business stakeholders are asking us for that, right? So uh, it's interesting when you when you <clears throat> if you're if you're um, able to have that sort of conversation with your uh, stakeholders in the business to ask them what's actually really important to you, you might be surprised with uh, with what they talk to you about. You know, they'll talk to you about uh, their growth targets. You know, the challenges that they're facing retaining their customers, developing customer loyalty. Uh, perhaps, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're facing competitive pressures. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're interested to understand perhaps how they can apply technology to, to enhance their, their own products or services, as well as change their own internal operations. And when you start to hear some of these things, then you realize that as, as a procurement person, you have a great role to play, right? We, you know, as part of our day-to-day, have a lot of contact with suppliers, Right. Uh, and uh, as part of those conversations, you know, we should be utilizing those opportunities to sort of channel uh, some of those feedback points from from those key business stakeholders and to ask our suppliers, you know, what can we do differently? You know, what new products or services or innovations have you got yourselves? You know, what's on your innovation roadmap? What's on your development roadmap? You know, how are you as a supplier, you know, uh, changing uh, what, what it is that you're offering to the market and so on? So... You know, there's a lot of potential there. As, as a second key point, um, I'd say from a Hackett perspective, right? I talked earlier about um, what we do and we run a lot of studies. Uh, and we recently ran a study uh, at the end of last year around innovation with suppliers. Uh, and the market told us that um, you know, innovation and procurement can generate anywhere between 0 to 2% of incremental revenues, right? So that is a significant number as well. Right, wow, yeah. and, and yeah. one of one of the challenges we have is is uh, because we're procurement, and it's a, a lot of it is about price or cost. You know, our colleagues in finance or other parts of the organisation will say, "Show us the value that you bring." So, being able to point to a number, I think, is mm. important as well. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. So, um, to to the first point you brought up there, um, I'm reminded of the uh, design thinking process which we use with our clients, and um, one of the things that we say is, you need to fall in love with the problem and not with your solution um, because that enables you to think creatively so it's really it's really positive to hear that you're saying you know procurement's role in innovation should be going out to the internal customer um, to stakeholders within the business and finding out teasing out gathering insight into what are the problems they've got what are the pain points they have and then going to the supplier base to your to your partners out there in the market and finding working with them to find solutions it's 
brilliant. It's the innovation process in action. We can go home now. That's perfect. It's <laughs> fantastic. I think we've even coined a phrase for it. So IBM, uh, Bob Murphy, the CPO, head of procurement there, been with uh, IBM for a number of years. He talks about innovation scouts, very, very passionate about it as, as a real example of, uh, of new roles. So not just R&D within procurement, but... Um, you know, uh, specific roles within procurement that, uh, you know, talk to the suppliers about new things, but also will go and find the new startups, the new trends, um, and, and bring innovation in that way as well. So I think that's a really great description, scouting innovation for innovation. Innovation scouts, yeah, it's brilliant. And actually, I think it ties into um, the uh, the innovation ecosystem quite quite beautifully, actually. You know, the, for anyone who's not read the book, the innovation ecosystem covers four key areas. There's the direction or the purpose for the innovation efforts. There's building a strong environment and culture for innovation so that people feel able to, for example, fail, but also able to experiment, but they feel safe. There's a psychological safety around innovation. And then to this point, you know, the the engine, which is the structures and processes that you put in place. And what you just described, uh, it mirrors a number of the examples in the book around um, going outside to startups, to other organizations, to sort of discover what is going on and not just taking it and copying and pasting it but getting inspiration uh, getting stimulus to kind of come up with your own ideas around how you could solve your problem even perhaps internally um, and then the enablers which are the tools and techniques for innovation so out of those four areas Nick where, where do you think procurement can support the business most effectively in, in any of them or in one of them where, you know where do you think procurement can add value so in terms of uh, procurement adding uh, real value, I think the, the engine is one critical component in terms of effective innovation, and, and the engine can mean different things. But having a systematic approach in terms of how we uh, partner, collaborate with suppliers, uh, I think is pretty pretty crucial. You know, Those that are most successful in terms of not just identifying ideas, ideation, and whatnot on an ad hoc basis, but doing it on a sustaining basis with the right suppliers, um, uh, choosing which suppliers that they invest their resources with, and then focus on, you know, not just identifying ideas, but turning ideas into projects and projects that then turn into solutions that then generate value. Uh, I think it's that systematic framework, you know, the engine part, that that, that is really key. And again, just to quote a a recent Hackett point, uh, Hackett data point from another study, we did find that... uh, there is a huge opportunity for organizations to take a more systematic company-wide approach to supply management, SRM, um, and really focusing in on you know, the, the top-tier suppliers, are those that can generate the greatest value, um, and, and putting most of the focus there around innovation. Uh, because uh, it, it can be a challenge, and unfortunately, uh, many teams uh, just, just, just miss that opportunity. So, SRM is supplier relationship management, like that's know, right. CRM or yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, or yes. HRM. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. So yeah, we have yeah. taken that from from the sales and marketing yeah, side of the house. Interesting. So that's an interesting flip in and of itself in terms of language. You know, ch- changing the uh, supplier relationship to well to a relationship as opposed to a transaction. That's something that. Um, you know, we we hear a lot in uh, retail organisations talking about the difference between a transaction and an interaction, um, and it necessitates, in a way, a more collaborative mindset on both sides of the, on both sides of that 
relationship, I guess. Absolutely. It's not the only area where we've uh, taken great things from from the front hour. So the idea around uh, category management, marketing and merchandising, we've also uh, set up a whole value generation process in that space as well. I love that. You're, you're actually learning from other parts of the same business. That That's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's exactly when, when we talk about things like um, stimulus. And uh, we also talk about parallel worlds, which is where you would look to um, an industry other than your own, which has been through a different problem that has similarities to your own and kind of um, see what principles you can take from that. So I uh, that's brilliant. I love that. Fantastic. So the engine is, um, a re- you know, a really important element of the innovation ecosystem. Interestingly, it's often where people go to start when it comes to building some sort, doing something about innovation, because in some ways, you know, putting a system in or procuring a system can actually be the easy part. And I say it can be the easy part, but then the problem comes when pe- when you actually try to get people to use it. You know, I'm sure back in the 90s and early 2000s when intranets were all the rage and um, you may have been involved in procuring some of those <laughs> back in the day. And how, how do you actually get people to then use them on a regular basis? I mean, it's uh, it's one of the challenges and, and that's one of the challenges that we hope the innovation ecosystem can help overcome by having a clear purpose to that system and structure and then creating a sort of culture in which it almost becomes the norm to to use that structure um do you have any uh, thoughts or ideas from your from your sort of procurement worldview that could help others or, or help our listeners to kind of inform how they might encourage people to use the structure and process that you put in place so SRM as an engine is, is not a new topic. Um, it's a popular topic. Uh, it's been around 20 years or whatnot. It's been through a number of, of innovations. When it, when it first became popular, say 20 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, people tended to take a big bang approach and they'd go all in, uh, they'd buy the tools, they'd train all of the teams and they'd exactly face the, the challenge that you've laid out there, uh, Joe. You know, they'd struggle around adoption, they'd struggle around business buy-in, they'd struggle around showing that the value was being generated. So we always recommend don't just dive in and say, hey, you know, research says or um, I'm being asked to do an SRM project, uh, right, let, let's kick it off. No, take a step back and think about uh, some of the other points that uh, you've introduced in terms of your model. So being very clear on what is the problem statement or the opportunity that you're trying to address. So SRM can generate value in a number of different ways, collaboration, innovation, value being being one of them. And would also say, don't be afraid to start small, right? A small scale pilot uh, with a few key individuals um, start with a small group of suppliers, you know, 10, 20, um, and then look to scale that over time, six months, one year, two years, after you've been able to demonstrate success, right? So it's absolutely critical to be able to uh, demonstrate success, uh, to create the momentum to continue to develop and build on the program, right? Especially in today's world of tight budgets, you know, we all need to, to justify. And if we do need to go and ask for more, they will need to need to show the, the value that we've, that we've been bringing there. Think about being very clear on, on the problem statement and then start small and scale because adoption, utilization, um, it's, it's a challenge, right? Um, organizations that I've worked with, you know, frequently they will look to refresh, re-envisage, uh, you know, reformat even their programs every two or three years even, right? Because one size doesn't fit all. Business priorities change over time. Um, 
technology advancements, new methods, uh, new tools, you know, they all, they all create value. I really like the fact that you've taken a real life example there that is something that procurement people listening will, will kind of resonate with and understand. I love the idea of starting small. That's something that we encourage when it comes to innovation, you know, full stop. There's that phrase, you know, don't bet the farm on black. But actually, if you, if you, if you prototype big, the problems are going to be amplified by the the site the scale by which you prototype. So prototype small, identify the problems, fix them as you go. We talk about build, test, and learn. Comes from the Lean Startup by Eric Ris. And the other thing you said that I thought was brilliant, and I'm paraphrasing, so forgive me if I completely got this wrong. But sometimes organisations will adopt a tool, and the tool will be the thing that gets rolled out. And it reminded me of uh, in a previous life, I worked as a fundraiser, uh, a major donor fundraiser for a charity. And I spent three days on a training course being trained how to use their database because it was so important that we got the, the database just right. And, you know, we did everything right on the database. But I didn't get any training on how the database tool actually related to the job of fundraising. So I had the knowledge of how to use a tool, but I didn't know what it was for. And I think that's another problem that sometimes can happen when you when you implement a new a new engine in an organization, right? Absolutely. I see that all the time, right? And and again, uh, you know, from our studies in terms of um, cultural change, um, in terms of significant transformational change, changing technology is, is one lever. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right in the example that you gave. You know, there's a new way of, of executing the process and so on. But um, if organizations were able to sort of step back and say, okay, for what we want to achieve, which is... You know, we're, we're more strategic, we're enabling the business or we're creating this innovation engine. You know what? It's not just a tool. It's a process. It's new roles, it's skills, it's expertise, it's, it's information, all those things together as a complete package. And then the sort of change that we're talking about is on a much grander scale. And we need to do a lot more than just teaching people how to use use the tool. And coming back to your example there, Joe, you know, the reasons why and, and what are the outcomes and how do we measure it? And a lot of those other facets become uh, equally, if not more important as well. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. So one of the phrases that I often hear in the HR community is um, the cobbler's children never wear shoes. And what people mean by that is they hardly ever go on like learning and development for themselves. So an L- a head of L&D hasn't been on a course for three years or you know, a HR director has never been able to attend a conference because they're too busy in the day to day. Being a central function that sits across the whole business, the procurement teams are going to be thinking about innovation in a business context. But what advice could you give to procurement teams to focus on in terms of their own innovation efforts their own ability to innovate to enable themselves to 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 be more creative to to make new things happen in terms of procurement teams being being more open to to innovation um and i really like the the D example there uh joe because i think that's quite key so the first one is around encouraging your team to be more curious so you're encouraging your team to be more open to change to spend time to, to think about uh, and read about the external environment, right? So what's changing in the external market? What's changing due to new technologies, robotics, AI, cognitive, big data, and so on? Um, I mean, many many teams that I work with now, um, you know, they realize that uh, we're on a journey. We, uh, we are moving from 
just these teams that used to put contracts in place and and um, bargain uh, quite quite tightly with with suppliers to to doing lots of new things around risk and collaboration and innovation and so on. Um, and so the job is 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 a lot more than it used to be. So. And then how we learn is also changing as well, right? So it used to be a lot more sort of classroom-based, and now it's you know blended learning, um, micro-learning, massive online learning, and all those sorts of stuff, um, which is which is really encouraging. But um, many of the large corporates that I work with, uh, they do invest more into uh, learning and development. So you know, upskilling their teams, uh, helping them work on, you know, internal innovation in terms of being better at their jobs or, or changing changing their roles. Uh, I don't think they do enough, right, in terms of the data points from the studies that I see. Um, uh, the, the L&D and, and, and um, sorry, the... <clears throat> what, I don't see the, the large multinationals investing enough from the studies and the data points that I do see aligning... Um, skills and expertise within our teams to business priorities is right up there at, at, at say number two or number three but then the initiatives in terms of the the transformation and the drive that they're changing we see a very different priority list so back mm. to the tools and technology they are much higher on that list but then skills and expertise development is to the middle going to the bottom um, so I, I think there's a mismatch there and a much greater opportunity. But I think there is there's further opportunity there. So I was talking earlier about innovation scouts. So setting the expectation that innovation, um, value from innovation and, and those conversations with suppliers should be part of the day job. Not just say when you're running a, a sourcing or a competition with a supplier, but on, on, on an ongoing basis. You may even have dedicated roles focusing in on innovation. Um, Every conversation with a supplier, ask them what's new, what's on their roadmap. Um, make use of um, external market reports, market intelligence, um, networking, going out to conferences, um, peer networking. So you know, <clears throat> having conversations and networking with other with with folks in, in other procurement teams, all important uh, mechanisms to you know building that knowledge network, expanding your. Um, your view, your knowledge, um, you know, even even something something um, different. I do hear about um, crowdsourcing innovation, right? So, the idea of, you know, we might not know the answer, or we know there's a, there's there's a, there's a whole market of suppliers out there, right? So, run a small competition with some startups or whatnot, and ask them to help solve your problems. Uh, so, so many different opportunities. You know, the supplier day would have been one of the traditional approaches. You know, one or two days with suppliers, invite uh, you know the top 100, the top 200, or whatnot. CEO, the MDs, um, stand up, make a presentation about the future of the business, and then you know have one-on-one -on -one sessions with the suppliers and ask ask for them for for their ideas and how they can work together and so on as well. Um, is that something you're still encouraging and still recommending as the hacker group, or, or is it some? Or, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's 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 still a still absolutely a recommendation, um, supplier days and so on as well. But another key theme is uh, many organisations are moving away from just the traditional buyer supplier type relationship, and and as part of procurement, you know they're focusing around architecting their supply base, so developing this idea of a partner ecosystem. Um, you know, with the idea that uh, there is a whole tier one of major suppliers with it that have direct relationships with those suppliers then work with the next tier or the next tier down, so tiers two and three, um, and we look to establish relationships with them. 
um, share our philosophy, our objectives, our goals. But we broaden that out also to include the startup community. We include um, the, the training, the teaching, the, the academic community as well. All with the idea of, of working to collect new ideas, uh, leverage new opportunities, technology, um, expertise, different approaches and so on. Um, so it's, uh, I'd say there's, there's still some way to go, especially with the universities and, and the training side. Um, and if you're a, a large multinational, which already has quite a complicated supply base, working with thousands of suppliers, and then you say, well, we now want to take on a, on a bigger challenge and, and create relationships with tier two and tier three, then you know the number of relationships you could be embarking on could be quite considerable. So still more to do, right? So not everyone's doing that, mm. you know, l less than half. And then we start again to come back to the use of technology to help manage those relationships, to manage the information and do things in more of a systematic mm. way. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to hear you say, uh, talking about a partner ecosystem. Again, that, that is, that's yet another manifestation of, of an innovation engine. You know, they, they, there are so many different ways of going about bringing that innovation imperative into the organization bringing inspiration into the organization and new knowledge and new opportunities um it's it's fantastic um and the the university's piece is interesting i was at a conference a few weeks ago um and uh, one of the speakers was talking about the the need for universities and the workplace to work better together and this actually connects to a point you made earlier about the transforming nature of the role of procurement because he was saying that our universities and our workplaces are doing a wonderful job of preparing people or keeping people at a point where they are excellent at a job, but in the 20th century, mm. right? So, you know, very much focusing on the logical and the linguistic intelligences and not on the others. I'm almost hearing from you that increasingly procurement is becoming, whether you like it or not, more focused on the other kinds of intelligence, emotional intelligence, moral, societal, uh, psychological intelligence. These 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 attributes that, um, and it probably comes back to, and you touched on AI and um, machine learning earlier, it probably comes back to that, uh, that sort of roaring fourth industrial revolution which we're heading into, or already in, as many people would say. Um, and I guess, you know, procurement is, is as much a at risk of disruption as any other as any other sector in that context, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that in itself is uh, is an incredibly uh, interesting and exciting topic. Um, I think we've moved on in our thinking from where we were a few years ago when we, we were just sort of, um, you know, eyes open, bright lights. Oh, you know, the robots. Oh, the machine learning. You know, it's all going to take our take our jobs. Um, but we've moved on a long way from that, and, and we're much more sort of down to earth and, and realistic about what's actually going to happen. Um, but, but it's interesting is that um, procurement aren't heavy users of technology today. So for them to move forward a couple of steps and then to embrace not just modern systems, but also robots and visualization and dashboards and advanced analytics, you know, there's a number of step changes that's required there and a, and a significant shift in, in culture that's needed. Um, but, but that's absolutely the direction of travel. I don't think anyone anyone's going to dispute that. That is what, what's coming down the road. I think, and this is my own perspective actually, the speed of change might be slower than we originally anticipated. Um, it's, there's some wonderful and fantastic innovation, so a lot more of the operational, the tactical uh, roles are, are being automated. And we do see uh, you know, new, new sourcing bots, new category bots, new, new analytics machine learning tools, um, you know, real-time risk dashboards and, and other wonderful things coming out. 
Um, and and that means a couple of things. To come back to your point, Joe, around the focus in on the soft skills. Um, if the machines will do the data capture, the data crunching, uh, prepare our reports and some recommendations for us, then that leaves us to the relationships, the change, the innovation, um, the, the, the value, uh, and the decision-making, at mm-hmm. least for now. I think that's going to stick around. Um, and then translating, say, the recommendations into real, real insight. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, AI has a lot of possibility, uh, but there's a long way to go uh, before, it's, before it's able to do uh, everything that we can. So uh, it's it's an exciting time. Yeah, there's a lot of change, yeah. right? I, I I mean I think you're right there. I think uh, I think the there's a lot of hype about AI and machine learning. Um, but ultimately, it'll be how quickly, um, well, how quickly the technology advances to the point where it, uh, you know, is what we all imagine it's going to be tomorrow. Um, but secondly, there's also um, a real need for organisations to understand how to use it effectively and and it comes back to that point about is it a tool or is it the the end in itself and a tool is only ever a, a tool it is never the the end in itself um that's a favorite i love that quote the hammer looking for a nail yes i hear it all the time right working in procurement uh we're always um do i want to say suspicious of of the marketing messages what what the suppliers are promising and um and this is one of those one of those areas. You know, we always need to come back to what is the problem, what is the opportunity, what's the value that this is going to generate, how is this going to help us uh, better enable the the business, right? Mm. So, oh yeah, the robots can do this, but you know, what's 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 the value add? Yeah. Um, so that's that's a, a great refresher there as well. How am I looking for a nail? And that's why innovation is so important because it starts with the insight into the problem rather than starting with the solution. Love your problem, not your solution. So Nick, thank you so much. That has been an absolute whirlwind, a fascinating conversation. I'm sure our, I'm sure the listeners of the podcast are going to uh, get real insight from, from what we've talked about over the last uh, 30 minutes or so. Thank you for coming in. Thank you, Joe. Really enjoyed it. So thank you very much. Now, if you're interested in reading more about the fourth industrial revolution or the innovation ecosystem, you can download a white paper from the Innovation Beehive website. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. And I'll also put a link to Nick's uh, LinkedIn profile and to the Hacker Group so you can learn more about our wonderful guests today. So again, thank you, Nick, for joining us. And I wish everyone a great week. Join the People Innovation Conversation. Find the Innovation Beehive on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter or email hello at innovationbeehive.com.